everyone and welcome back to the girl.gov podcast. I am your host Rachel and today I'm speaking with Kaya Nystrom who is the CEO and co-founder of Quim. Quim is a self-care line for humans with vaginas and humans without vaginas who love vaginas and their mission is to create products that deepen the connection you have with your own body and empower you to care for it in a way that makes sense for you. After eight years of enduring recurrent vaginal health issues, Kyle partnered with Rachel Washteen, a childhood friend, to launch a plant-based vaginal wellness company aimed towards empowering people with vaginas to care for said vaginas in sustainable ways. Quim is based in San Francisco and wants to destigmatize conversations about vaginal health and cannabis. You can use code KYOSAIDSO10 for $10 off your purchase at itsquim.com. And with that being said, let's get into the episode. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Something we've talked a lot about on this podcast is the importance of mental health, and we know firsthand how difficult taking that first step can be. BetterHelp makes that easier by assessing your needs and matching you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, and since BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Financial aid is available and you can visit betterhelp.com slash girlgovpodcast, that's better H-E-L-P, and take advantage of the special offer for girl.gov listeners. You can take 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash girlgovpodcast. Thanks again, BetterHelp, for sponsoring today's episode. Good morning, Kyle. I'm so excited to have you on. I would love to hear a little bit more about yourself and about Quim as well. Yeah. So uh, my name is Kyle Ray Nystrom. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Quim. Quim is a self-care line for people with vaginas and people without vaginas who love vaginas. Um, We make plant-based intimate health and sexual wellness products. And yeah, Quim was really born out of my own personal health struggles. All of the women in my family are super susceptible to UTIs, yeast infections, BV, vaginosis, vaginismus. And so I was in this, you know, eight year cycle of UTI yeast infection, UTI yeast infection. I was hospitalized twice for UTIs that turned into kidney infections, had to go on multiple rounds of antibiotics. And, you know, I think experienced a cycle that is actually incredibly common where particularly if you're younger in your life and you're going through like hormonal shifts or starting to have penetrative sex for the first time or using condoms or going on birth control, um, all of these things are really new to your body at that age. And it's really easy to get into this cycle where you get one UTI, you know, over 60% of people with vulvas will experience at least one UTI in their life. And UTIs are tricky because when you get one, it actually makes you more susceptible to get recurrent ones. And you know that distinctive pain of a UTI so quickly, and it can like really just take over your life. Like you can't really do anything else if you feel like you have to pee every 30 seconds. You experience a burning sensation when you try and pee, and then you have to go to antibiotics, which are a total godsend and like, thank God, modern science, like we need antibiotics, but antibiotics, you know, they will wipe out that infection, but they also wipe your body of all of the good bacteria. And so it makes it a lot easier for you to get a vaginal yeast infection. Okay. Now you have a yeast infection. You've just gone through all this pain and now you have like itchiness and like discomfort. And, you know, most people do not have a good enough relationship or a good enough 
you know, health insurance to just be able to like text or email their doctor and get a Diflucan prescription. So you have to go on over-the-counter Monistat or, you know, whatever the generic brand of that is. And that will take care of about, you know, 96% of vaginal yeast infections. But the ingredients in that can also further disrupt your system. They can be really drying. So yeah, just enduring this cycle for so many years got me to think about proactive vaginal care. I know that this is my body. This is probably like, who knows if this will last for decades, my whole life, a couple of years, a couple of months. It doesn't really matter how long it lasts if this is something you know you're predisposed to. So how do we take care of ourselves? You know, it's like if you have skin cancer in your family, you're going to be really religious about using sunscreen every day. Or if you have alcoholism uh, in your family, you're probably going to tread a little bit more lightly around the way you consume. And when I started doing research, like there really wasn't anything out there. So I would go to health food stores. I would talk to like, you know, the sort of like witchy woman in the vitamin area of like Whole Foods or Erewhon. And, you know, over a few years found a few ingredients that were really helpful for me and then started to learn more about the topical benefits of cannabis. So that's, that's a little bit about who I am and my vagina and how Quim got started. And I actually really like how you said that you wanted to create like a proactive product because I think it's very obvious that United States healthcare is a very retroactive system. So it's really exciting to have something that you can use to be proactive. And I also wanted to ask, what does the word Quim mean? And why did you choose that for your company? Yeah, so Quim is actually archaic, like Victorian slang for the vagina, or in some cases, it's usually been um, more of a pejorative word. It means cunt. It's funny if you're reading like British fantasy fiction or fantasy books, you will occasionally see the word Quim in there. And we chose that name for our company for a couple of reasons. One, I think it's a very beautiful word. You know, I think it's a beautiful word. I love what it means. And I think that there is a rich tradition of people taking back words that have been used to put them down. You know, we are not the first people to do this by any means. Like there's a, a long and rich tradition of this. And, you know, occasionally, less so now, but when we first started, we would get these, you know, outraged emails from people being like, I implore you, please change the name of your company. Like it's so offensive, it's so vulgar. And I actually really relished in getting those emails because it gave me an opportunity to respond and be like, well, you know, a quim or a vagina is an incredibly resilient, powerful human organ that sheds itself and reinvents itself and has the ability to grow human life. I mean, the uterus, not the vagina. I, I do know that, but you know, the whole, the system has the ability to grow and foster human life. And, you know, something that can bleed once a month and gets back up and doesn't die is pretty freaking cool. Like talk about a symbol for evolution and metamorphosis and resiliency. And, you know, I think it's so fun in our culture, you know, when we want to tell someone to be brave or to like step up to the plate, we say sack up or like grow a pair of balls. And I just think that's so hilarious because I have never encountered a more sensitive human organ than testicles. Like they right. are the, the most delicate, the most <laughs> tender, you know, the least resilient mm -hmm. <laughs> compared to a vagina. So I, I think it's a really great opportunity to push back on people and be like, yeah, what's so bad about being called a cunt? I am like, yeah, I am a growing, shifting, ever-changing, ever-evolving amazing organ, human. That's me. I absolutely love that. And I, I also love how you said like 
a lot of today is kind of taking back certain words and bringing back our own power when it comes to it, because vaginas are powerful. So why not kind of lean into that, which is really awesome. And I know we spoke a little bit about why you started Quim, but I'm curious to know about why you decided to utilize CBD and THC in your product. Um, Was this something that was super important to you before making Quim, or is this something that kind of came on later down the line? Yeah. So it, it definitely came on, you know, the first products that I was making just for myself, like these have never, never sold them to anyone, never even actually gave them to anyone. They were just for me because I had found something that worked for me in a health food store. Um, and this was probably back in like 2010. And then I couldn't find it again, but I like read the back and I was like, okay, the ingredients are pretty simple. I can figure this out. I love sort of potion making in my kitchen, always have. And then I started working in the cannabis industry in the legal cannabis industry in 2015. And I started to learn more about all the medicinal benefits of the cannabis sativa plant. And that is the plant from which both CBD and THC are derived. THC and CBD are one of, I think like 36 or 37 cannabinoids. So different compounds in the plant. And when I was learning about it, I learned a lot of different things. You know, it was early on in the weed industry, but a lot of people were making topicals for like pain relief, arthritis. And then I encountered a product that was for vaginal use or, you know, for the vulva, vagina, clitoris. And I'm so excited. I was like, oh my God, my two favorite things like weed and vaginas. And you know, read on their website, you know, cannabis is a vasodilator. So it's going to increase blood flow to whatever part of your body you apply it to. So if you apply it to your vagina, it will increase blood flow to that area of your body, which will augment your natural lubrication, heighten sensation, make it easier to climax and also decrease, you know, penetrative pain and inflammation. And so I was so excited about it. And I was like, wait, I wonder if I could combine cannabis or if I could include cannabis into some of these other products I've been making. And so I just started trying it and, you know, messing around with different dosages and different strains. It it really worked. It really worked for me. I started giving it to like anyone who, any of my girlfriends who would take it. And then after like probably almost like six months or a year of that, I finally got some girlfriends coming back and being like, hey, remember that like weird weedy mason jar you gave me can i get some more and i would say we you know even though our products right now have thc and cbd in them i don't think of quim as a cannabis company i think of quim as a plant-based proactive intimate health company and cannabis you know it's like the ingredients that we choose to use we use them because they're effective and i think that the future of quim might include more CBD products or more THC products, but it definitely includes products that probably don't have either THC or CBD, but do have other, you know, really helpful plants that have been used in medicine for thousands of years. So let's say, so I'm in California, so I have the option of buying both the CBD and the THC products. What can I expect as far as like the difference between the two and how they will react with my body? I know that it might be different for everyone in their own. Yeah. So what can you expect? What are the differences between the products? I think is your question. And like you just said, it can be very different for everyone. You know, I don't think any two people have the same experience for me. THC, I think is a stronger vasodilator. So it will give you more of that sort of slippery, increased lubrication, um, heightened sensation. 
So yeah, I would say that I think the THC products are amazing. If like, you're really looking to like spice up your sex life, you know, for whatever stage you're at in your life. And I think the CBD products, you know, they have vasodilating properties. I think they can also be really helpful for like spicing up your sex, whether it's with yourself or a partner or partners. I think the CBD products have a lot of really powerful applications for people who have endometriosis, PCOS, are recovering from a vaginal birth, experience a lot of like tension in their pelvic floor. You know, something I have gone through is I experience a lot of post-coital vaginal inflammation, AKA puffy taco, probably my favorite vaginal (laughs) euphemism. Cause even if you've (laughs) never heard it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people with vaginas experience that. And so I think if you experience some pain, you know, pain with penetration, pain post-sex, I think the CBD products can be really helpful. Also, there are studies that show people who have PTSD from sexual trauma, that CBD can be really helpful because it will relax some of those muscles that you might not realize that you're subconsciously tightening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've actually never thought of it that way. So it's really interesting. And this is kind of a two-part question, but I read on your guys' website that historically products created for vaginal health and sexual wellness have not been designed to take sustainable, proactive and self-care into account. Kind of why do you think that is? And how can we promote this uh, new approach in our own vaginal health and sexual wellness journeys? Yeah. I mean, frankly, I think you know, if you're walking down the feminine health aisle at a CVS or a Walgreens, there are going to be probably, you know, a ton of different products. And each one is a, I would say, you know, to our point earlier, each one is very reactive. So you have azo tablets for UTI pain relief. You have um, monistat, you have different like summer's Eve vaginal washes that are floral scented. You have floral scented tampons. And I think historically these products were created by people who don't have vaginas and probably are not as in tune with the cycles that happen if you are bringing a reactive strategy to your intimate wellness, because each one of these products, they're very, you know, in the traditional feminine health aisle, I think each one of the products is designed to do one thing. And that one thing is probably in reaction to another product that you were sold in that feminine health aisle. You know, it's like, if you buy a summer's Eve floral scented wash, yeah, you're probably going to get a yeast infection. So then you have to go to the monostat and that might dry you out. So now you're with the KY, but KY is glycerin based and glycerin is a metabolic byproduct of sugar. So you might just be feeding, you know, this pretty pervasive, you know, the not so good vaginal flora and fauna. So yeah, I think that historically, you know, they were created by people who don't have vaginas and they're reactive. And I think our goal and what we're trying to do is create products that A, are proactive in nature. So if you know that you're susceptible to these things, how do you keep that part of your body happy and healthy? So you don't have to bring a reactive approach. Cause I think by the time you are in acute pain or dealing with one of these issues in like a very acute way, the proactive options like might not help. Like you're at a tipping point and you need to address it or otherwise it will escalate into something a lot worse. And I think our goal with Quim is to create products that have a lot more applications. You know, Happy Clam, for example, is one of our CBD products, probably made my favorite product. And people use it, you know, when they're recovering from a vaginal birth, they use it post-sex. Some people even use it as a lube. It's not compatible with latex condoms. So don't do that if you're having sex with latex condoms. We have people who use it on hemorrhoids. We actually even have two customers that email us like on a monthly basis 
saying they use it on their face. <laughs> like they use it as wow. a face oil. You know, I think, mm -hmm. and the idea is if something is gentle enough and formulated carefully enough that it's safe for your vulva and vagina, it's probably safe for your face. I'm usually like, if I wouldn't put something on my face or in my mouth, I probably don't want to put it in my vagina. That's totally true. And I, I'm someone who has like super sensitive skin. And so when you start naming off products like summer's Eve and KY and stuff like that, I stay very clear of those. Cause I just know they don't work well with my body. And also whenever looking for vaginal wellness products, I always look to see who made the product. Cause it's like, if, if it was a man, there's no fucking way this guy's going to know. I love that you had said that. So I have another question. And since Quim is a self-care line for humans with and without vaginas who love vaginas, does the brand have any initiatives for the LGBTQIA plus community and specifically for trans women? Yeah. You know, I would say definitely. I think the LGBTQIA population, particularly specifically actually trans men have been some of our biggest advocates. Um, Buck Angel Buck Angel is a trans man, one of the first trans men to go through a hormone replacement, uh, go through that process in the 70s. Um, he's a pretty divisive character. Not everyone likes him, but he has been one of Quim's biggest supporters from the very beginning. And, you know, we met him at the Folsom Street Fair. <laughs> the products had been in the market for like two months and we met him and he was like, do you know how powerful it is? This is your tagline that you're creating products that are not gendered. They are for people with vulvas and vaginas or for people who don't have those, but are in relationship with someone with a vulva or a vagina. And that being said, all of the products are also safe for anal use. And so you don't even have to have a vagina um, to use these products, but you know, I think we are, Quim is always going to be a vag forward brand. You know, I think mm -hmm. so many people are like, well, have you thought about marketing this to gay men? And I'm like, sure. I'm yeah, absolutely. Well, definitely we market it to gay men and gay women and gay non-binary people. But our focus is on addressing, I think a gap in the marketplace and one that has been there for a long time. So yeah, we, we do a lot of, we've done a lot of partnerships with LGBTQIA organizations. We do a lot of, we've done a number of donations to the Trevor project. Um, and it's something that we get a lot of pushback on, on social media, you know? And I think that's something we're learning because right now the team is comprised of cis women, um, not all straight women, but cis women. And I think, you know, as long as Quim is, made entirely of, you know, comprises of cis people, there will be blind spots. So we just, you know, we just completed a gender inclusivity training with a trans intimacy facilitator, which was really awesome and challenging. You're just like, oh, wow. Like, how do we stand for what we believe in? How do we, yeah, uphold our mission and our goal to be a self-care line for people with vaginas? And how do we do that in a way that is authentic? And um, we talked a lot about sort of like your stretch zone versus your panic zone versus your comfort zone. And how do you do things that like, if we post something on our Instagram that is of a trans man breastfeeding or a trans man giving birth, we experience a lot of pushback on Instagram, a lot of hate speech. We've had to have a lot of conversations around like, okay, what is hate speech? Like, what is a conversation? What is a 
comment that might come off as pretty insensitive, but is actually coming from a place of curiosity. And how do we as cis people show up as an ally by having those conversations with other cis people? Because it's not the responsibility of trans people to always be carrying the weight. And I think similar to conversations around anti-racism, you know, it is the responsibility of white people to talk to their white communities and their white family members about how to be anti-racist in today's world. And that is something, it's always going to be a challenge. And I think it's necessary because, because it's fucking 2021, man. You know, it's like, because it's just like, it's just, it's necessary now. And I think that that's such an interesting thing about running a consumer brand at this specific time. Mm -hmm. I think consumers are start, they want more than just uh, effective products. They want to know what the people, you know, if you're spending your hard-earned cash on products, I think people want to know what those companies stand for. And it's, I think that's been a, it's, it's a challenge and it's something you have to like constantly stay in the water with because we are a business, we're a for-profit business. And so it's a fine line. (laughs) I think it's, it's an interesting sort of tightrope to walk because We are a for-profit business, but we are a for-profit business with values and with a mission. And so how do you balance those while understanding that the systems of oppression that are so prevalent throughout the world are also systems of capitalism, the patriarchy, oppression, systematic racism, white supremacy. These are all tools of a capitalist society. So how, how do you balance that? And I love that you say it's a challenge, but it sounds like you guys are doing the right things and taking the right steps to make sure that you guys are at least doing your part. And I think that in itself, like the intent behind it speaks volumes compared to other companies that aren't doing the same thing. So I think that in itself, it does show the values of Quim and it shows kind of who the people are that are working behind it. So I think that's amazing. Definitely we'll make missteps. Letting go of this perfectionist mindset, which also, you know, last year, my business partner and I also did a anti-racism workshop for mm-hmm. white people. Um, And it was so interesting. I like think one of the biggest lessons I got from that was that fear of failing and this like perfectionist mindset that is also a tool of white supremacy. This fear that I'm not going to be perfect, that I am going to be racist or that I am going to be transphobic or trans exclusionary or, you know, so all of these things, the, the fear of fucking up will just completely, it'll stymie any potential growth and it'll just keep you in the same place. And so being willing to like brave, you know, chart into waters that are uncomfortable mm-hmm. and scary. And you know, you're not going to do it right. Like you're dead, you know, there's just no way, like we will make a lot of missteps. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that has to be, it has to be part of our culture, you know, our culture as a society, but also our culture as a company that like, it's okay to mess up. What's really important is what do you do after that? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you reconcile it? How do you come from a place of, I mean, it goes back to what we've been talking about this whole time, like being proactive as opposed to reactive, like mm-hmm. understanding, you know, we make an Instagram post and we start getting DMs and hate speech comments and, and we react in that moment. That's never going to be the best way to react. And like, mm-hmm. actually what I need to do, what we all need to do in that moment is like, turn your phone off take 15 deep breaths, Mm -hmm. maybe like take a quick walk, 
center yourself, like write down some thoughts and then like regroup, you know, Mm -hmm. like once it's, I don't think, you know, when you're in a fight or flight brain chemistry place, like you're not, you're not going to make the decisions that I think are the best for your business, the best for your community, you know, come from a place of compassion. They're going to come from a place of scarcity. And that is, you know, I think one of the biggest things we're trying to address. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with you. And I think something when we first started the podcast was like, okay, we need to make sure that we're open to feedback. And like, as long as we make sure the intent is there and that like our values are right, then um, hopefully we're taking those steps in the right direction. And it sounds like you guys are doing the same too. And I know you said previously kind of addressing the gap. And I know that there's a big conversation with Quim, um, about having healthy discussions about sexual wellness and kind of having like a sex positive world. And so you said a quote, um, in an article that I thought was really interesting. Um, and as you said, people are not comfortable talking about vaginal health and wellness, even in an increasingly sex positive world. Why? I mean, I have my opinions, but like, why do you think this still is? Um, and how can we empower women that might be listening today specifically to be comfortable with their vaginal and sexual wellness? Well, you know, I think progress or, you know, these bigger sort of cultural movements that are happening right now, you know, one around like innovation and sex tech and femtech, I, you know, these things take time. And I think people are going to start wherever they feel most comfortable. And I think it's fun to be sexy. It's fun to like talk about sex, you know, our culture, even though we haven't always done it in the most like open, supportive, curious, healthy ways. Like sex is a big part of our culture, sex sells. And I think people, you know, sex is empowering and we're coming around to that. Like sex is incredibly empowering. You know, good sex is good for you. And I think like, it's just a little harder to talk about like vaginal discharge or bacterial vaginosis because I mean, I know for me personally, I think I carry a lot of sort of psychosomatic or emotional trauma in certain areas of my body. Like if I'm really stressed, I'll have stomach aches and it'll like really affect my appetite. And if different emotions and different traumas show up in different places in my body, I'm still working through like in my own process and in my own therapy, like what a lot of my vaginal health issues represent beyond the like actual, you know, medical makeup of my body. Uh, yeah, I just, I think it's, I think there's been a stigma for so long that like, I mean, you know, there's a stigma around STIs that if you have an STI, you're dirty. And I think a lot of people, you know, who have BV or uh, yeast infections are probably like, oh my God, do I have an STI? It's like, no. And even if you did like, welcome, everybody does. Like I got HPV, you got HPV, we all got HPV. But I, I just think it's like, I do think there's some stigma around like vaginal health issues being dirty. You know, it's, I think the reason why there are floral scented tampons and floral scented vaginal washes. And it's like your vagina really, it's not supposed to smell like a flower. And if it does, like, you should probably go see a doctor about that. You know, I read a study and it was like a lot of teenage girls are terrified and really uncomfortable to receive oral sex because they're afraid of what like maybe they're like, is my vulva ugly? Does my vagina smell weird? And I think it's sad. And it's also a part of growing up, you know, 
puberty is weird <laughs> experiencing a body as it goes from childhood to puberty to adulthood is mm -hmm. uncomfortable but I think that it's natural for it to feel weird and we have like hundreds of years in our society of telling people that it's weird and that it's gross yeah I think it's going to be a bit of a slow process but I think just talking about it normalizes it and if you normalize mm -hmm. something then you know, I think women and people with vaginas will feel less squeamish about it and less alone. Is it? I think it's the loneliness part of it that makes me the saddest. It's like carrying all this by yourself and carrying it with such shame. A specific instance where I remember when I was younger, like going to the doctors, especially going to the OBGYN, I always felt uncomfortable. I was always like, I just hate this feeling. I hate coming here. And it wasn't until I worked with doctors that they told me they're like, you have nothing to worry about. This is their profession and they are used to seeing everything. So at that moment, it made me so much more comfortable to not only go to the doctors, but feel comfortable with my provider, obviously. And then not only that, but finding friends who like, I felt safe around talking about those things with, I think you always kind of know the friends who like, don't want to talk about it or who aren't comfortable with it just yet. So yeah. So I think just finding those good friendships is also such a good start to that. Cause I, I, you best believe I was never talking about that stuff with my parents. <laughs> We have some questions from listeners, which is really exciting. Um, the first one is why is sexual wellness important? I came from a very sex negative upbringing, talking about it or trying to learn about it makes me uncomfortable at times. Yeah, I would say to whoever wrote that question, it's okay that it's uncomfortable. You can go at your own speed. There is no normal, you know, everyone has everyone learns about sex differently. Everyone had to grow up in a different household where sex, you know, in some households, sex was cool to talk about. It was okay. In others, it was really not okay. And so I think first knowing that it's okay to be uncomfortable with it. And if you're uncomfortable with it, like start somewhere that's in a more of a comfortable zone, you know, and I can't say what that will look like for you, but I think you don't have to, you know, if you're uncomfortable talking about sex, you don't have to like force yourself to go to sign up for an orgy. You know, that is not necessarily, it's like, you don't have to like push so hard. I would say sexual wellness is important because sex is just a part of the human is a part of the majority of people's lives. And that sex can mean so many different things. I occasionally listen to this podcast with uh, Esther Perel, who is a mm -hmm. therapist, intimacy coach, just an amazing human. And I will never forget, I was riding home from work one day and listening to this session where she was essentially doing like a couples counseling session with this couple. And they felt, you know, the woman was like, I want to be having way more sex. And he's like, well, I feel like all this pressure to have sex. And Esther Perel was like, what is sex? <laughs> You know, what is sex? Sex could be anything. And I've really taken that into, uh, I've really like that, that makes me feel really good knowing that like sex can mean so many different things. And, you know, there's the physical aspect of sex and then there's the emotional intimacy side of sex. And so if talking about sex or like penis, vagina sex, penis, rectum sex, dildo, vagina sex, it's talking about it like that makes you feel uncomfortable maybe just start with yourself. What makes you feel sexy? What makes you feel connected or intimate? And I will just give a plug for this amazing resource that I have found. My friend actually works for them. Um, it's called OMG Yes. 
it is a website dedicated to teaching people about self-pleasure, pleasure generally. Um, and so they have all of these videos with just people of all ages, races, shapes, sizes, abilities, people who have never had orgasms, people who didn't have their first orgasm until they were in their 60s. And they are essentially instructional videos of how these people are getting off and like what turns them on. So it is, you know, it's a, everything's behind a paywall. You're not going to find these videos on Pornhub. Um, it's instructional, but I think putting a toe in the water with something like that, or even journaling around like what makes you feel sexy. I think that's a, you know, start gentle, be gentle with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. And so another question is if I'm shy about my sexuality or have never used intimate products before, how can I introduce Quim products to my partner? So we get questions like this a lot. And I always say, try them first with yourself. You know, I think sex becomes so much more, you know, two person sex becomes so much more pleasurable, just has the potential to be so much better. If you come to the table, knowing what you like and knowing what feels good for you, you know, it's, it's really hard to, to give someone constructive feedback or to be communicative. If you don't know what you like, and particularly with products like Quim that have cannabinoids in them and everyone responds differently. You know, I think it's so important, you know, if we're really going to adhere to like principles of consent, like show up for sex with your partner with a little bit of context for yourself. Like I wouldn't recommend using Quim product, like particularly if you've never used intimate products before, you've never used sex toys before. Um, try them first alone and maybe even apply them to yourself. And if you're really uncomfortable, if you don't feel comfortable um, with self-pleasure, maybe apply the products to your body wherever you want to feel them. And then like journal for like 20 minutes, like give it, you know, give it 10 minutes and then like sit with it and then write about what, you know, what, it, what you're feeling and what the sensation feels like. And then maybe the next time explore doing some self-pleasure and then once you feel like you know how they make you feel and what you like about it and what you, how you want to be touched while you're using them, um, then you can bring them to your partner and be like, Hey, I've tried these and here's what I like. And here's why I think they could be fun in this context. Mm -hmm. What do you think? And I do think, you know, because these products have cannabinoids in them and can't, a lot of people are still drug tested, Like you do need to talk to your partner that, and be very, upfront about the fact that you're using them. You know, mm -hmm. we have people who use Quim products and their partner is in a substance recovery on a substance recovery journey. And so we have a lot of people who don't use Quim products with their partners because either they're getting drug tested or, you know, they have been, they don't use any substances and they don't, you know, and for them, THC, even using it in a sexual context where it's very, very unlikely you'll feel sexual, um, a psychoactive high, it's not okay with them. So I just, you know, I think it all goes back to communication. The more you can communicate with yourself, <laughs> the more you can communicate with your partner or partners, um, the better the experience will be, even if it's uncomfortable at first. Mm -hmm. And that was actually one of our questions too, of should I be asking my partner if this is okay to use since there is CBD and THC? So that only applies to THC if someone is being drug tested, correct? Maybe my question was more so like, let's say I am going to be drug tested 
in two weeks or whatever, am I okay to use the CBD product and not the THC because I will be drug tested? Got it. Got it. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. And I would say it depends on who's doing the drug testing. It depends. Mm-hmm. Like, do you work for a federal organization? Do you work in a state where CBD is still kind of illegal, even though mm-hmm. that's like, that would be very rare and unusual, but in some states, CBD is treated pretty much the same as THC. So once, you know, I would say you would need to do your research there. It's mm-hmm. unlikely that using these products as recommended, using the dosage that's recommended, it's unlikely that that would show up in a drug test if you're mm-hmm. using them on the vulva, vagina, clitoris. Um, if you use them rectally, it's a, you know, it's a little bit more likely that they will show up on a drug test, but, um, I would say you have to, you know, if you are getting drug tested or your partner's getting drug tested, like ask your doctor, like, Hey, is, can I use a CBD lotion? Is that okay? In the state that I'm in? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I just, it really varies. Everyone's body is different. Everyone metabolizes these things very differently. So Sadly, I cannot answer that one. (laughs) No, that definitely makes sense. Um, So the next question is, how does cannabis intimate products help more than what you see in stores now or in comparison to traditional products? I mean, I think, I think it's different. You know, I think, I think it's just different. I think, you know, like we discussed, cannabis has a lot of anti-inflammatory properties. It has vasodilating properties. Um, it will, you know, it can decrease pain, increase sensation. And I'm not saying, you know, there probably are products out there that have, you know, somewhat similar effects. In my experience, some of the other, you know, I've used like intimate oils or, you know, sensual massage oils that have, you know, maybe ingredients like cinnamon that will give this, like that have, will have like a heating effect. Mm -hmm. Um, And in my experience, those products, it might be, there might be some fun heating for a few minutes and then there's like a world of burning. So I, you know, just everyone's bodies are different. I think, you know, what, what I can say about Quim is Quim was developed by a person with an incredibly, incredibly sensitive, um, intimate wellness system. So, you know, all of, if I wouldn't use it and if it's not safe for me, um, and I'm probably have one of the more sensitive systems of anyone I've, I've spoken with, then we're not going to make it, but you know, you have, everyone's bodies are different. So I think cannabis is, I think using cannabis is an in, in intimate situations, um, for intimate wellness, for menstrual cramp relief. What I like about that is like, there is nothing new about that. You know, mm. um, there's evidence of, you know, women in India, like 5,000 years ago using, uh, you know, essentially like a topical called bang, uh, for menstrual cramp relief, you know, Russian brides in like the 1800s would, you know, before losing their virginity would have like a special tincture to relieve pain. Um, Queen Victoria was prescribed cannabis tinctures to help with pain. So for me, it feels, um, what feels new about it is the way we're talking about it. The ingredients in the plants have actually been used in these contexts for a really, really long time, which to me feels a lot safer um, than a lot of the other options out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so our last question from a listener is, how can I determine what product is right for me? Well, probably the easiest way. I mean, the first, you know, in the decision tree is, do I live in California? Mm -hmm. If not, um, then you only have two options. 
And I would say um, if you are deciding between Happy Clam, Everyday Oil, and Smooth Operator, which is a aloe vera-based CBD-infused lubricant, I would say it depends on what you're looking for. If you are looking for a product to use with silicone sex toys or latex condoms or dental dams, um, definitely go for Smooth Operator. Um, you know, I think it's it just makes a lot of sense. If you are someone who is looking for more of a eye cream for your vagina, not in that it'll like make your eyes prettier, but it'll care for tender skin. I would say happy clam is going to be better for you. If you're dealing with, you know, recurrent BV, UTIs, yeast infections, um, or experience a lot of post coitus pain, mm -hmm. then I would definitely try happy clam. Um, in this, you know, in the next year, I, we will be releasing um, probably mini sizes of both of those that you can just try together. Um, and you can also always, you know, try one product and then you can add in samples of the other product for like $3. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Um, I always love mini stuff to try out first because I think it's, it just gives you oh, an opportunity totally. to like not commit, but probably yeah I mean they're expensive like I'm you know I'm not gonna lie like our products are expensive and they're expensive because um we use really high quality ingredients we only work with organic farms to get our cannabis from um we all of our products are tested by a third party for potency heavy metals fungicides um so that is going to increase the cost of the products and I've, I'm, I will be the first person to say that like, not everybody needs Quinn. You know, I'm actually not in the business of selling products to people who don't need them. And for people who aren't looking for something for a different solution, you know, if you have never experienced uh, vaginal dryness, UTIs, yeast infections, pain with penetration, <laughs> menstrual pain, like honestly, bless you. I'm, you know, you are so lucky. <laughs> And maybe, and our products are $48, you know? So mm -hmm. if, and I, and I tend to say, like, if you get one thing from this conversation, it's not that you need to go out and buy Quim. It hopefully will be to stop using a glycerin-based lube. I think everyone should be using like an aloe-based lube. It is, mm -hmm. they're better for you. They're better for the environment. They don't dry tacky. You can get them at the CVS or your local grocery store for under $10. Some of our closing questions for you. I'm really excited for these. On Quinn's website, it says, we hope to create a space for people with vaginas to share their experiences and promote shameless self-care. How can we take back that power when talking about our own shameless self-care? And what does that personally look like to you? I think one of the best ways to do this, or at least for me, one of the, what's been the best way to do this is I think talking about these vaginal health issues or even my vagina as something that is normal. So for example, if I'm at a dinner party and I realize I get my period, I'm not going to go whisper over to the host or every woman in the room, like, do you have a tampon? Do you have a tampon? I would love to sit at the table uh, where there are men and women and maybe non-binary folks there and be like, Hey, I just got my period. Does anyone have a tampon? And I think that's so, you're just like, this is not normal. It's not, or like, this is not gross. This is not something that needs to be whispered about. Mm -hmm. And if you're like my husband, my husband has learned that like, I never know when my period is coming. I never have tampons on me. And so my husband always has tampons in his backpack, tampons in his briefcase. And I think that there are actually probably a lot more, I think there are probably more men like that 
I like, there are way more men out there that are doing that than we probably realize and we're giving credit for. And so every time I ask for a tampon in a mixed gender group, I'm normalizing that like, yeah, men should carry tampons. You know, I carry condoms. I don't have a penis. So you can carry tampons because you're in a relationship with someone who bleeds once a month. And I think that that is a great way to normalize it. And it also shows other men that it's cool to carry tampons. It's cool to pick like the idea, you know, I see these like TV shows or movies from like the eighties where like guys are like, I can't buy you tampons at the store. And you're like, what? This is so crazy. And so I just think, you know, talking about it in a way that maybe feels slightly uncomfortable to you, like, but is in your maybe stretch zone, not your panic zone. Yeah. And I, I love that reference of if you can carry around condoms, like I can carry around tampons. I, I yeah. never even would think of that. Um, and I know that you said earlier that Happy Clam is probably one of your favorite products and you guys are soon to be coming out um, with many products. Um, but what are there any more in the making? And is there anything that we can look forward to? Yeah. Um, so we are in the process of fundraising right now, um, which you know, once we close this round, um, we have about five products we want to introduce in the next few years. Um, I cannot share a ton about them, but I will say plant-based products that I would say are a remaking of a lot of products you see in the feminine health aisle that are proactive, that are using ingredients that we've been using for a long time that are sustainable. So yeah, I, that, that's what I'll say for now, but a lot of exciting things. And like I said, you know, we're staying focused on being badge forward. The goal is always when we create a product that it has more than one use case, that it's not just a reaction to another product. No, that's really exciting. I'm, I'm eager to see what products come out, but are there any specific milestones that Quim has hit that has made you really proud of the company that you helped build? Or is there a specific moment where you knew that this is something that you were meant to do? So I, I have sort of two, two answers for that one. Um, some milestones I think that I've been most proud of are, you know, when we got our products in Urban Outfitters or we did a, you know, pop-up with Nordstrom or, you know, we got our products in the Anthropology. These stores that I grew up going to and particularly like Urban Outfitters, like when I was in high school and college, I loved it. And that was also the peak for me of like this cycle, this like really painful cycle. And I just think like, oh my God, how cool would it have been when I was like 19 and in Urban Outfitters to see this product? I'm like, oh my God, something for me, something that might help. So that I think was, you know, that's a huge, that was like such a sense of pride to like see our products in these stores that I've like grown up going to. And then a moment that I knew that this was what I meant to do, you know, start running a business is hard. It's hard. It can be really lonely, really isolating. You know, you make like a hundred decisions every day and you're like, I don't know if it's the right one, but I'm just like moving forward and you can't overthink too much. Otherwise you won't move forward. And, you know, running a business that is not only in the cannabis industry, but also in sexual health and wellness, there are just so many hurdles and so many obstacles and so many platforms that won't take your money to advertise um, or so many shops that are like, we'd love to carry these products, but our payment processor can't do CBD. I'm like, okay. And um, in 2018, we were featured on an episode of Viceland TV and it was a major 
you know, we had just launched the company. Our email list grew from like a hundred people to thousands of people overnight. And a few months later, because it was a cable TV show, they would replay it. And a few months later, um, we got an email. There was no body text. The email was sent to our customer support line. And it ended up being from my dad, who I didn't, I never knew. I was raised by a single mom. My dad was in prison for nonviolent cannabis crimes. And he had been out of prison for a long time, um, but we had never reconnected. And he had seen the TV show and he reached out and, you know, I just responded back like, dad, question mark, is that you? (laughs) Like, do you want to get to know each other? And so I actually, I got to meet my dad and it was just such a wild and amazing and moving experience. And he ended up passing away a few months later. And so it was just like, oh my God, had I not done this, had I not taken like this wild leap of faith into the unknown to do this, like thing that I, you know, when we first started doing it, a lot of people were like, this is too niche. This is like, this is crazy. Like, why are you, why are you starting a business that is going to be so hard? (laughs) So yeah, that was a moment. I was like, you know what? Yeah, it might be hard. There might be challenges. Who knows what's going to happen. But had I not done that, I don't, I would never, I would never have gotten to meet my dad. And that was, that's such a, yeah. When things are really hard, I'm like, okay. But just imagine had you stayed in the safe lane you would have never gotten to have, you know, meet this other part of yourself. So that was really cool. I'm like speechless by that story like that. Honestly, that's amazing. And I, I can't imagine like what that even felt like for you. Yeah. I'm fucking speechless. <laughs> that's, it that's wild. Yeah. It, it's such a good story. Whenever I tell people they're like, someone has to make a movie of this. Like someone, like I didn't even like the full story like goes back further. Like it's, it, mm. there are just so many like crazy, crazy connections and like coincidences and like, whether it's like God or the universe or whatever it is, you're like, okay, there are things that are a lot bigger than me out there. And like the universe works in really mysterious ways. And yeah. sometimes it's like, I often think like, because it is really hard running this business. And there are days where I'm like, ugh. I just wish I had a job and someone to tell me what to do and like, you know, someone to like steer the ship a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, but maybe, but then I wouldn't have gotten to have all of these experiences and I wouldn't Mm -hmm. get to talk to people like you. And I wouldn't get to, you know, I think I'd go through like a decade of shame and this really painful cycle so that I could get comfortable talking about it because a lot of people aren't comfortable yet. And if I can show that I'm comfortable with it. And I'll talk about discharge and pain and puffy tacos. Then maybe it's worth it. Like maybe it was, maybe it's okay that I had to go through that cycle because if I can share with other people that like, they're not alone and then it probably won't go on forever. And that the journey is everyone's journey is going to be different, but that like, it's okay to talk about the journey then yeah, I do think it's worth it. Yeah. And I, I think Vice needs to come back and do another episode. <laughs> but lastly, if you could say anything or give advice to someone out there who might be starting their vaginal health or sexual wellness journey, what would it be? Um, I think that, I mean, this sounds so cliche, but it's about the journey. There is like no destination. There is, you know, like, I don't think there is a point. I don't think you reach like, vaginal or sexual enlightenment, you know, like may life be long, 
you know, kind of going back to like our Quim analogy about cycles and transformation, then, you know, going through different metamorphoses in your life. So like, it's about the journey and like, they're really, I don't know if there is a destination and that your journey is going to look different than everyone else's. And I think the most important sort of what we have been trying to get back to with Quim and the way we talk about our products and the way we talk about intimate wellness is that, you know, you don't have to be a doctor or a naturopath or an OBGYN or a scientist or a sex educator or an intimacy coach to know what it's like to be in your body. And there are so many, you know, for example, to get diagnosed with endometriosis, sometimes you it takes on average, I think like 10 or 12 visits to different doctors. And it's really hard to get it diagnosed. And I think trying to reconnect with the fact that like you are actually the number one living expert on what it's like to be in your body. And so if something doesn't feel right, trust that intuition because like, no, you know, doctors are just people. They're just people and they have hopefully have a lot of education and hopefully resources, but they're just people. And so, you know, trust your own bodily intuition. No one knows what it's like to be in your body better than you do. And you might have to talk to a lot of different doctors or specialists or different folks until you find the person who trusts that and believes you. And it is so worth, even though it sucks finding different doctors, it is so worth it. And you are worth it. You are worth finding someone who listens to you and you should be the first person to listen to you. I think that's a perfect way to close out this episode. I appreciate everything that you guys are doing and I appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Is there a specific place where people can buy Quim products and what are your guys' social media handles for anyone who's listening? Yeah. So you can buy our products on our website and that's itsquim.com, I-T-S-Q-U-I-M.com. And you can use the code KAYOSAIDSO10 and that'll give you $10 off your first order. And you can check us out on social media. Our Instagram is itsits.quim and Facebook as well. I think it's just Quim. Um, So yeah, definitely check us out, send us a note, subscribe to our newsletter. We send out promos, but um, we also do a lot of educational content. Yay. Thank you so much, Kyle. This has been an amazing episode and I'm so thankful that I was able to learn more about yourself and Quim. Thank you. This was great. Yeah, of course. See you later. Bye.